Welcome back, book nerds. On today's episode of the podcast, I will be speaking with Darlene Green, author of In Service to Love. In Service to Love offers a pathway for shifting your awareness from the destabilizing chaos of the external world to the ever-present, potent, multidimensional, innovative expression of love that is your authentic nature. Let's jump into the podcast and learn more about her journey and how these books came to be from the author herself. Hi there, book nerds. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. Joining us today, we have Darlene Green, author of In Service to Love. Thank you for being here and taking the time to talk to us, Darlene. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to connect with you and your audience. Oh, thank you so much. So for our listeners that aren't familiar with you and your work, do you mind introducing yourself and your book? I would love to. My name is Darlene Green, and I am the author of three books. They are titled In Service to Love, A Dynamic Experience of Consciousness, Transformation, and Enlightenment. There's three books that are part of the series. They're all connected. So book one is called Love Remembered. Book two is called Love Elevated. And book three is titled Love Now. And what they all hold in common is that they represent 122 days each of me sitting down and writing with my own internal guidance. They're referred to as the Council of Light. And, um, And I write as a scribe, meaning that I receive, um, information, consciousness, um, uh, and I translate that into into the words that I receive. And that, those are the words that are um, in the book. And it's about the, our process of consciousness, transformation, and, and enlightenment. Now, that's a really large topic, but um, that's a good overview and a good place to start. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what made you realize you wanted to write about your journey? Well, it's interesting. I never, uh, I never intended to write a book. I've been a really, really avid student of spirituality for mm, about 35 years now. And there was a day in 1983 where I really made the conscious choice to say, uh, I said internally, I remember the moment, I really choose to learn about spirituality. And then I began, I began that journey. I learned how to meditate and um, I had a a tremendous amount of profound experiences and a lot of went through a lot of trainings and they all brought me to um, a point of uh, of awareness in on December 26th of 2017 and I can go back and fill in because there's a lot of territory there to cover but um, mm-hmm. on December 26th of 2017 I woke up to a profound spiritual experience and um, I was guided uh, and invited by the Council of Light through this extraordinary experience to sit and write with them for one year. 
And that is what in service to love represents. So I had always, so I'm going to go back and fill in a little bit of some of the blank spots there. Um, I've, my whole life, I have felt um, a really, really deep mission that I was here for a very specific purpose. I remember asking, um, uh, I was four years old, and I remember saying to myself um, one day, it was a Christmas day, and I said, why am I here? This earth is such a crazy place to be. Things just don't make sense. It feels chaotic. I mean, I could, I had a sense of activity around the globe. And immediately the answer that I received was to make people happy. And the answer that I received came in the form of hearing the voice of my counsel. And when I heard it, I'm four years old, I knew immediately that it was my counsel. And it would be just like somebody saying, oh, that's your sister, that's your brother, that's your mom, or, I mean, it felt like family, very familiar and very loving. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. So that was enough for my four-year-old self. Um, But I've always been very, very sensitive, um, empathic, intuitive. Um, I would say I'm... um, um, I'm just really sensitive. So it felt like I was living my life with a volume turned up all the time. And because I sense my world so loudly, I became really internal. So I would have these internal experiences and this internal knowing, um, but it lived separately from the track that I was living in my life, which just looked like, you know, I had a you know great great family and great childhood and going through school, but never, never quite fitting in because I had, you know, I'm just so sensitive and I didn't follow a linear track really well. Um, And so when I began to make the conscious decision to explore spirituality, um, one of the things that I started to do that made sense to me at the time and was really a perfect move was I learned how to meditate because people said that that was a good thing to do. Well, after I learned how to meditate, I'd say it would probably be about a week or so afterwards. And um, my awareness expanded exponentially. So what occurred was that I began to see angels. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would hear the music of the heavens. I would see Jesus standing in front of me. And one time I was at work and I I was in a marketing position in in a large insurance company. And one time I was at work and I noticed that there was one meeting that I particularly enjoyed. And after I thought, why did I really like that meeting? And then I realized that I had started to see auras around people. And so I was being entertained by the colors that were, that were around people. So I knew at that point, something's happening. Right. Uh, (laughs) And, um, and I was at work one day and, and the walls disappeared. So I began to see through walls and that, that actually scared me. Um, but it, 
what happened with that and the whole purpose of that, as as I understand now and as I finally grew to understand back then, was that the perceptions that I had around the world that I saw, I realized is not the whole story. Oh. And so that that really and, and the thing is that when I was in those moments of these extraordinary things happening, when I was in the, the moments of those, they were so normal and natural and beautiful. And there was almost an internal sense that I had at, in those moments that, yes, this is it. Almost like I was like coming home. But then my human nature would would pipe up and say, what on earth is that? Okay, now you're losing it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, anyways, it was all, but it was all a part of my perfect, all a part of my perfect journey. It's interesting now because in my family, I see where I have a couple of nieces also that hold a really, um, a level of sensitivity as well, and I'm able to support them through their uh, through their process. But I I didn't have that kind of a, a way to mirror that in my life, where somebody else could say, well, uh, well, if this is happening, you know, maybe take a look at this as a possibility, or what do you think about this as a belief system, and kind of expanding my awareness uh, a, a little bit. I didn't have somebody, but you know, yeah, everything's, that's really everything's perfect. That's really amazing that you're able to to embody that role model. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think I so. <laughs> I certainly understand a, a high level of sensitivity, and and um, I'm just going to kind of move out a, a little bit because I feel that that there may be people in your in your audience also that have a level of of sensitivity that is really high that they pick up easily what other people are thinking and what other people are feeling, but may not understand what they can do about that. And especially at a time now where we have, you know, all of the global events that are occurring right now. I mean, there is no shortage of chaos. There's no, there's no shortage of polarization and division. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. so for somebody that's sensitive, this is a really, really challenging time, but my advice to them would be to um, realize that you are a um, that you're a very sensitive receiver, and that there's a gift that's available within that. So as you realize that you're picking up a lot of other people's information, you can you can choose to turn inward and say, I choose to filter out what is uh, what is not mine. So that I'm listening more clearly and more acutely to what my inner guidance says. And so begin to turn that inward a little bit. And so there's a feeling also, you know, of chaos. And so um, I envision that. And this is one of the exercises also that it came up in the in the books of In Service to Love, is that when you're in a place of reaction and you're feeling unsettled, like you just don't have your feet underneath you, that there is the thought that if you can imagine you're in the rings of a hurricane, right, where you get whipped around and it's chaotic and um um, what is it? It's, it's well chaotic, you know, at the, mm-hmm. at the outer rings and you can choose in your own awareness to be able to turn around 
and walk to your own center. And when you walk to your own center, then you begin to um, center, you begin to calm down. You're no longer affected by these other uh, by other events and, uh, you know, the emotions and the energy of what's happening in the world. You have a chance to be able to find your own uh, your own wisdom and your own clarity. So first of all, so just becoming aware of of somebody's of your own sensitivity is really um, is really valuable and being able to identify that as something that holds a really special gift. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. Sure. As you mentioned, your books are split into three parts. Was there a specific way you decided to split them? Or was it just the way... Well, it was just a natural, it was really a natural, a natural division. In Service to Love is me sitting down and writing, um, uh, writing the words that I hear um, uh, and, and as I'm being taught by the Council of Light. I'm sitting down, I sat down with them for a year and a day. So that's 366 days. And I ended up with a document that was, huge, huge. So ultimately, when I found a, um, an agent and a, uh, he said, uh, you know, let's just break that out into three, you know, three or four. So it's a, it's a natural division. Each book has 122 days of messages. But when I take a look back and I look at it, it really is a process of, um, it's really an inner journey. <clears throat> uh, I would say that, um, so uh, book one, Love Remembered, is a, uh, if I take a look, when I take a look back at it, I can see that there's generally a process there of the beginning of a journey. And in this beginning of a journey, you take a look at where you are. You take a look at, um, you know, uh, holding an intention of setting out on an exploration. So there's an intention of looking beyond what, uh, what I already know to be able to allow something new to be able to come into my awareness. There's conversations around um, how our belief systems are formed and most and most uh, and mostly our belief systems are formed unconsciously. We come into a family situation that is informed by belief systems that are um, that are driven by our, you know, by our family, by, you know, where we live, by our culture, by our economic status, by whatever, by our whole environment. And they create a, a belief system that we never even question. So a process of consciousness is a process of becoming aware of, uh, of where I have made, uh, where I have chosen beliefs that, um, some may fit me and be appropriate now and moving forward and others I may choose to change, but it's the process of becoming aware of the belief systems that are living uh, just below the surface of my life that is really an incredible process. And that that's really the whole process of consciousness and beginning to uh, gather information from an own from our own internal knowing and beginning to learn more about more about that. 
And so uh, book two, Love Elevated, I would say moves more into the process of how it is that we live uh, live life now from a more expanded awareness. And um, there's subtleties that come into play. So, for example, you know, when you're on a in a process of expanding awareness, there's actually the experience of living um, living in uh, in an in an environment where you're moving because you're changing and you're growing. Somewhere when we became adults, we forgot how to be able to be fluid. When we're children, you know, moving and growing and expanding and changing was all a part of what we did. But somehow when we became adults, there was a, a whole other process. Well, okay, I've arrived, so now what? And so our experience of moving in our own awareness um, we became maybe not so adept at that and became more invested in being right and supporting the belief system. So book two is about really how we live. Uh, we begin to live from an, an ele- from an elevated awareness. And then book three, Love Now, just went to the... Um, uh, the publisher yesterday, so it should be available within a couple of weeks. Um, and it is really about living um, living from an elevated, expanded awareness where our life becomes, um, it's kind of like I, I visualize it as uh, like a power source, a change in power source. We used to live in Arizona for a while. And so it was a there was one day where we shifted from electrical power to solar power. And it's kind of like that. It's kind of like, where do I leave the limitations of my human nature and begin to engage the um, expansive, nonlinear awareness that's available in my divine nature? And it, but it's natural, but, nat- but being natural to me. So that's a bit of a breakdown, although this this series of books is certainly not linear. It's really a, a multi-dimensional body of work, which is kind of different. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So you mentioned it was 366 days of writing. Did mm-hmm. it take did you take a year off and you wrote every day, or how long did it take you to write in service to love? Well, I did. I wrote I wrote every day. And so what that would look like is that I would sit down for about anywhere from a half an hour to two hours um, every day. And I, um, you know, I would, you know, still do what it is that I do during the day. Right. But then there was a time in the day where I would go up to my office and I would meditate and sit, sit down and get quiet and and then I would begin to connect with the Council of Light and I would write whatever it is that came through for that day. And so it was one year and one day of, of writing. So from December 26th of 2017 to December 26th of 2018, I wrote every day. And actually, I still do write. Not necessarily every day, uh, but um, most days I still write with the Council of Light. And it continues to expand. Maybe that's another book you have coming along in the future. 
Wow, I already have another one in the queue, and it's called Love's Letters. So we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> but there's no, oh, yeah, there's no shortage of information when you're connected with an infinite source. Yeah, that's really amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you mentioned you you meditate. Is there any? Were there any days where it was just hard for you to, you know, sit down and write something out or Mm -hmm. was it very smooth sailing no I would say it's not it was not smooth sailing it was very much a learning process for me and um it's not as it's almost you know when I say scribing it's easy to go to the place where um it would be perceived that I'm taking dictation And although some days were like that, it really was, I felt I was in school with the masters that were a part of the Council of Light. I felt I was in school. And I've had a a lot of, I've studied um, energetic healing, vibrational healing. I'm a Reiki master um, and all, and I've worked in a clinical setting as a massage therapist doing body work and energetic healing work. And so that was a great expression for me to be able to utilize my high level of sensitivity. But the, uh, the process of scribing of learning how to be able to scribe was for me was taking the level of sensitivity that I had and ratcheting it up like, you know, a thousand fold. So it would, it felt like I was in school every day. So I would come up to my office, sit down at my computer. Sometimes, you know, I'm lighting incense or I'm lighting a candle and I have some music and then I can become aware of Jesus standing right beside me or Archangel Gabriel standing right beside me. And it's like, whenever you're ready. And it's as though it felt like they were watching me getting ready to get ready. But their message was, you really need to understand we're here right now. And it's not conditional. We, it's not as though we only show up when the right music is available. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not just going to show up when their favorite song appears. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so, it, <laughs> and so some days I was taken on, um, on, uh, on field trips. There was one day where I would, I went upstairs and to sit down at my computer and, and I got pretty much crickets. And the message was, <laughs> go to Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, you need okay, a little coffee. I, yeah, I'm from Seattle. I'm crazy about coffee, right? So, <laughs> so I went to Starbucks and I'm sitting in Starbucks. And that really was the message of the day was to be in a noisy, um, busy, active environment and realize that my access to the words and the messages of the Council of Light were just as easily available there as they are when I'm upstairs in my office with my favorite music playing and a, you know, and an incense. And so that really was one of the lessons, which was uh, we're available right here, right now. You have guidance that right, right beside you present every moment and it's about just fine-tuning a new listening and expecting and knowing that 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 guidance is there I had to tell you about one other field trip that I did and it was 
I went upstairs to my office because, you know, this is a big commitment. 366 days. Let me no, tell it you. Really I, is. <laughs> at about day at about day two and day three, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I only have 363 days left. Like this is really quite a commitment. Am I gonna be able to do this? <laughs> so I had a lot of, you know, I had to get through a lot of my own stuff. Anyway, one day I went I went upstairs and and again it was one of those days of crickets. And I went upstairs in the morning because I wanted to get the writing done for the day, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't want, I had a lot of things on my list to do that day. And I didn't want the day to go by without having this writing done. So I went upstairs to, you know, get it off my to-do list in essence, to be honest, was that what I w- was wanting to do. And the message was, um, no, go, <laughs> go do your day. I thought, ah, oh, man, okay, I'll, okay, I'll do the writing later on. So what I had to do is I needed to go to Costco. Uh-huh. So I went to Costco. And while I am there, I am shocked. I notice how impatient I am. My judging and my impatience is absolutely raging. And that is not, that is not normal for me. But I'm uh-huh. watching how like rapid fire, like if somebody stops in the middle of the aisle, I'm, I'm immediately like judging them or, uh, I mean, it, I, and I was watching myself do this and I was shocked. I was embarrassed. I was upset watching how I um, explode into judgment so easily. And then I, I was, you know, in Costco and I'm having this experience and I'm thinking, this is not who I am. This is not who I am, what I do, what I value in life. This is not an authentic expression of me. And I began to think then, you know, that each person that is in Costco has somebody around them that if, if this friend or beloved of them would see them in Costco, they would say, it's so nice to see you. You know, it's so nice to see you. And they would be met with that kind of, of, of energy, you know, with that kind of loving, open, embracing kind of space. And so that was my lesson during the day. So what I did is I, I altered my level of awareness I moved into a space that's in my heart and I began to, now I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. I would look at somebody and internally I would say, it's so nice to see you. It's so nice to see you. And I was like, tears were coming down my face. I was so touched by the beauty of every single person I encountered. And as I was walking around Costco, I could see the masks that people wore just falling off and they became like fully present and heart centered. It was an extraordinary, extraordinary experience. And then I'm walking out to the parking lot and I'm realizing that was my lesson for the day. Mm 
And so when I finally got to my office, it was titled The Grand Experiment of Love. And it's about how who it is that we be makes a difference in how we experience the world around us, which is actually, when you think about it, pretty appropriate when you feel, you know, the experience right now of separation, polarization and experience of the them and the us, when really uh, we can all hold the heart space of the we. And as we hold the space of the we, we become the we. And life all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. So, so that was just one of so so the experience of sitting down and writing with the Council of Light was not always easy, and it really ran me through my paces um, <laughs> <laughs> for for sure. And other days, other days it was so beautiful. It was like honey that was just it would uh, it's like num- uh, it's like words would just come right onto the keyboard and they would bypass thinking and it would go right through onto the keyboard and like honey is there and, a day that you remembered vividly one of your favorite days oh there were so many favorite there's so many favorite days here let me take a look at book two let me open this up right here um uh, your northern, your northern star, um, and it, your northern star is day 197, and it's, this is, I think that this is one of those days also that just came through my fingers. It talks about the northern star that we have internally that is always available to guide us, and so the whole, the whole series is about beginning to take a look internally, no longer being referenced externally in the world, um, but, but honoring who it is that we are, not only as the beauty of our humanity, but the beauty of our own divine nature, and begin to take a look inside and, and, and fine-tune our hearing and our sensing for the wisdom that we already hold. So there was many, many, many days that felt like like the honey, you know, was just kind of coming through my fingers. And, and, and every day's writing, this is not linear, so every day's writing has a different feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And so the, the reader, when they sit down with this, they experience that difference in feeling. You know, there may be an expectation that, you know, that that you move from one end to another in a very linear way. And that's just not what this is about. This is about uh, us engaging our nonlinear, our nonlinear self and our own expansive awareness. And it exists multidimensionally. So it's, uh, but it's, so it's experiential. The whole book really is an experience. One that invites each, each one of us to take a look in a new way. Right. We always expect something to go one way and you never know. It could take a different turn. It could stop completely. You just never know what can happen. Right. Right. And, and you see this, that's, you bring up a, a really good point also that when we begin to live from the edge of what we already know and what we don't know, then, then we can invite new things into our life. That There's a difference in, in uh, levels of consciousness that we access and if we begin to consider or hold the intention, it's like I choose to take a look at 
at uh, what I don't don't know right now. What is it that is just below my awareness that if it were present would make a difference in my life? And so that, do you see how the difference in that about, you know, if you're looking in the realm that you already know, it's more like a rearranging of puzzle pieces. But if I'm right. holding the intention of looking somewhere that I don't know yet, I'm inviting mm-hmm. new awareness to be present for me. And that's how we learn and expand. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. well-worded. I don't. I'm just very soothed hearing you talk about all of this. Like it's it's just a very comforting um, atmosphere we have right here. Well, it it is, and and I'm I'm glad you bring that up too because there's a sense of we already know truth. That when right. we hear something that's true, we have uh, in, in the process of expanding our awareness, the ex- process of expanding our consciousness, transforming you know, and then moving into a state of enlightenment, which is really the balance, which is really the, the, um, the integration of our human nature with our divine nature. It's an expression of our wholeness. And it's all, we are already that. So really the discovery of consciousness is what is it that gets in the way. So, but there's a new language to be developed when you're talking about this higher level of sensitivity and expanding and expanding awareness. So, so in order to, I, to demonstrate this expanding awareness, have you ever been like at a group gathering or something and you aren't looking at the door, but you can tell when somebody comes in? Yes. You see? Just their presence. You can feel their presence. Right. So you see, you already possess a tremendous access to sensing. So this is kind of like having a car, but learning how to drive it. Right. Can you see that? Yeah. And so it's about fine tuning um, awareness and resonance. There's an internal feeling that we each have that says, yes, that sounds right. Or yes, that sounds like, yes, that sounds like home or that feels like truth to me in my body. And that's resonance. So when you take a look at you know, at, at, at how it is that it feels to know that you already possess everything that you need, right? There's a sense of centeredness and resonance that occurs with that. And then when you, and then if you were to change your awareness out into the outer rings of the hurricane, there's chaos and, you know, all sorts of things vying for your attention, right? But there's no, but it's kind of like losing um, the guidance, you know, when I'm out there and my awareness is out in the outer bands, um, there's, um, there's that sense of like not having my feet on the, on the ground and I can't find myself. And it's very confusing, um, place to be. And that's an experience of dissonance. So being a beginning to identify dissonance and, and resonance in our life is like a new language. And, but it's one we already know how to speak. Yeah. We all, we got this. We got this. We got, we, we got it. We, we have it in ourselves. We just need to <laughs> do some fine tuning. That's right. That's it. So I know you've put a lot of passion, a lot of heart and a lot of time 
into this book, what mm-hmm. are your hopes and desires that your audience will gain from it? Well, um, my hopes and my hopes are and my intention is that anybody that is ready to look in a new place in life finds this book that whoever this book may support that it reaches them that if somebody is 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 asking internally why am i here if they're asking to be able to get clarity around what is my purpose um, if they're beginning wanting to look uh, look at what is the opus of my life? What is my greatest creation? How can I access my my deep creativity and wisdom in order to innovate? Right? Because it's not just about feeling good. It's about um, you know, this whole process of, of consciousness and transformation is about us being able to access the wisdom and the, div, uh, the divine um, knowing that we already hold. It's like when we can get rid of all of the stuff that gets in the way, we can access those things that are ours to be able to express. Like, um, what is your opus? What is if what is it that at, if you get to the end of this life, what is it that you may not leave undone? Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like how do I find that? Well, it's kind of like going to the cupboard and the right cupboard to get the coffee cup. You just need to know where to look, and that's really what this process does. It's a it's a journey. It's an inner journey, um, and it's the books are written such that um, the messages meet each person where they're at and it's not about hearing about my story because that you know that because my story is my story and if it can be a contribution certainly I want that but really the most powerful hope and intention that I have for this book is that if for somebody to find their own symphony for somebody to find their own purpose and to become that because who we are is source and form. Who we each are is love. And as we become more of who we are, and each one of us becomes source from our highest expression, then this planet becomes an experience of love. And what an extraordinary contribution that is. So that's that's really it. Is it's it's a it's a gift that's held out for anybody that chooses to take this most extraordinary journey. And I trust that whoever is meant to read this and find this body of work will find it. And the intention is that it's a gift for them. That's great. So if some of our listeners are listening to this and think, hey, I need that book, where can they find it? Well, um, it certainly is available in the normal places. It's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. But if somebody would like to get a little bit more information on it also, um, they can go to my website, which is darlenegreenauthor.com. And 
Um, and on my website, I also have purchase buttons so you can get to Amazon um, in order to, to purchase the books. But I also have, um, you know, a blog. And so there's some other writings and excerpts and opportunities um, on the website as well. So that's DarleneGreenAuthor.com. Thank you again so much for joining us today, Darlene. This conversation was absolutely wonderful, very comforting. And I hope our listeners got the same feeling as I did talking uh, to you. Well, thank you. I certainly have enjoyed um, speaking with you as well. And I wish you well on your journey. It's thank a beautiful, you. heart-centered experience. Thank you so much. I absolutely love talking to Darlene about her journey and what her books have to offer others, and I hope you enjoyed listening in. If you feel especially stuck during these difficult times and you are looking for some spiritual guidance, make sure to check out the In Service to Love trilogy. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you for listening in. Take it home for us, Darlene. Hi, this is Darlene Green. I'm the author of In Service to Love, and you are listening to GeneBookNerd.com. Bye.